0: CHAPTER NUMBER 15 OF THE FRIENDSHIP OF ANNE A STORY BY ELLEN DOUGLAS DELAND THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN While all this had been taking place in New York, life at Kingsbridge during the holidays had been very uneventful. Christmas Day had been made as pleasant for Sydney as was possible by the Mrs. Wickersham, But it was perfectly natural for Sydney to feel homesick, and one could not blame her for longing to be with her own family at such time. She struggled to overcome the feeling, or at least not to show it to anyone, and in this she was partially successful. She looked at her presents and went to church, and ate her turkey as cheerfully as did the others to all appearances, and then in the afternoon she went off for a long walk with Miss Jenny Wickersham, whom, of all the teachers, she admired and loved the most. The Misses Wickersham, on their part, had grown to understand and like Sydney. Having her alone with them had shown them her charm and her sweet nature in a way that would never have been possible during school time and quite unknown to herself she had secured a firm place in the good opinion of all the sisters including miss wickersham herself and that in spite of the good lady's partiality for excellence in mathematics the monotony of the days was varied by an occasional visit to the lady next door mrs braithwaite grew to depend upon her coming and it soon became An established habit for sydney to run in to see her nearly every day of course it would not be possible to continue this custom when school began again but during the holidays the mrs wickersham were only too glad to have sydney do it they were sorry for their blind neighbor and sorry for the young girl herself who naturally must be very lonely and so vacation wore away and at last the 2nd of January came, the day upon which the pupils were to return to Kingsbridge. The first to arrive were those who lived in the neighborhood of Boston. Elsie Brent was one of these, for her home was in Cambridge. When the sleigh that brought them from the station drew up at the door of the Wickersham School, and the door was opened by Sydney herself, Elsie's heart gave a great thump. She had been longing to see her friend all through the holidays, and had been wondering how she was getting on alone. She had wished more than once she could have asked her to be her guest in Cambridge. Perhaps Sydney could have afforded the shorter journey, but she had not been able to invite her, and had been forced to content herself with writing frequent letters. Now, although she was so glad to see Sydney again, that it seemed as though the whole world had changed, no one would ever have guessed it. She did not offer to kiss her, but held out her hand with an awkward movement, and when Sydney threw her arms about her neck and hugged her, and exclaimed, Oh, I am so glad you have come back, Elsie, she merely said, How are you? Don't strangle me. She was really so touched by this warm greeting that she would have cried if she had said more. The tears were in her eyes, but she turned quickly away that Sydney might not see them. It was real torture to Elsie to know that she was showing emotion, even to her dearest friend. "'I have something to surprise you with,' said Sydney. "'I don't believe you'll ever guess what it is.' and I can scarcely wait to tell you. I do hope you will like it. A wild thought darted through Elsie's mind, but she immediately put it aside as being too wonderful to bear the slightest chance of being true. What is it? she asked. Oh, something! I'm not going to tell you until you get upstairs to your room. You will find it there. Elsie's heart which had been beating rapidly in spite of her intention to be calm, subsided again. For a brief instant she had allowed herself to hope that she was to share Sydney's room for the remainder of the year, but if the surprise was awaiting in her own room, this could not be it. "'Now,' said Sydney, when they reached the third floor, "'I am going to blindfold you. Here is a big handkerchief already.' She shook out a silk handkerchief and then folded it and tied it around Elsie's head, under her hat. "'What's up?' asked one of the girls who also had just arrived. "'Blind man's bluff?' "'Not quite. A surprise for Elsie. "'Now I'll turn you around three times and lead you to your room, "'and then I'll take off the handkerchief and you'll see it.' She did this, and Elsie was led along the corridor followed by a number of girls who had gathered to watch the strange proceedings. They were all merry and happy and forgotten for the time, being that when they left Kingsbridge it had been their custom to treat Sydney Stewart with cold politeness. The Christmas spirit of peace had not yet faded away, and there was no one there to remind them that there was any reason for disliking her. Sydney. With many intentional deviations in her course led Elsie to the room which she herself had once shared with Bertha Macy, but which she had occupied alone during the last part of the term. Then she untied the bandage. "'There!' she exclaimed. Elsie looked around. Her own pictures and books were arranged on the walls and table. Her own steamer rug lay across the foot of one of the beds. Her own pincushion adorned one of the bureaus, and yet this was Sydney's room, the corner room with the two windows and the braithwaite place to be seen from one of them. She looked at the room, and she looked at Sydney, and then she allowed herself to believe that her wish had come true. "'Am I to be here?' she asked, half in a whisper." yes are you glad glad it was all she ever said on the subject but sydney had no doubt about it already she was beginning to understand elsie's deep undemonstrative nature there are many such natures and they suffer more than is ever guessed by those who being unlike them cannot realize that although nothing is said much is meant but fortunately there is usually some one person at least who although unlike possesses the gift of comprehension and upon sydney Stuart, this gift had been bestowed but although she loved elsie and appreciated to the full her staunch friendship and remembered that she had stood by her when others had deserted her when Anne herself had deserted her, she did not care for her as she did for Anne. It was Anne, with her gaiety, her wit, her charm of joyousness, her power to please as well to rule, whose friendship Sydney wanted above all things. All through the vacation, Sydney had tormented herself with thoughts of Anne. Suppose she were to come back more hostile than when she left, Suppose she never again would have anything to do with her. How could she bear it? And what had caused it? Why should the sad events in the past, with which Sydney herself had no connection, have made her dislike her? She did not know. She only knew that she, like Anne Talbot, better than any girl she had ever known and to such an extent that she would gladly forgive her former coldness if only she would be different now all that she seemed to care for was to regain the friendship of anne and tonight anne was to arrive and elsie loyal loving elsie guessed that sydney was feeling thus knew what her nervous excitable manner meant and hoped with all her heart that Anne would return to school softened by her good times during the holidays. It was hard for Elsie to forgive her, but if Sydney would be made happier by Anne's friendship, she hoped that it might be given her. But Elsie well knew that it would mean to her a very great change. At present, she was Sydney's only intimate friend. In the school she had to fight hard to overcome the jealousy that would make itself felt in spite of all her efforts but there was no doubt that Sydney had wished to have her share her room for she had managed to bring it about and in that knowledge Elsie felt great satisfaction at about six o'clock that evening the big barge on runners that carried passengers from the railroad station drew up for the second time that day in front of the Wickersham School. With laughter and chattering, one girl after another jumped out, ran up the steps of the piazza and into the familiar hall, where the teachers and girls who had already arrived stood waiting to welcome the late comers. "'Hola, Ruth! How are you, Dolly? Oh, Grace, I am so glad to see you again!' but isn't it hateful to have to buckle down to lessons again now miss jenny you needn't look so shocked you know it yourself these were some of the scattered fragments which were to be heard and talbot having been one of the first to get into the barge was one of the last to get out after shaking hands with the mrs wickersham she looked around the group where is sydney she demanded with a pretty imperious manner, which made her irresistible to so many of her friends. There were very few persons who would not willingly do just what Anne desired when she spoke in this way. Sydney, who had drawn a little into the background and was hidden by the crowd of girls, heard her above all the hubbub. "'Here I am, Anne,' she said. In a moment, "'Anne's arms were around her neck, "'and the bright laughing face, "'sobered for the instant, "'was pressed against hers. "'Not a word was said then, "'but Sydney knew that for some reason "'the clouds of misunderstanding "'had been dispelled, "'and that everything was all right once more. "'But when Anne released her "'and turned to greet someone else, Sydney looked for Elsie. "'She could not speak then, but she put her hand in Elsie's arm and drew her into the library. "'Anne has come back all right,' she whispered. "'Yes, I see she has. "'And aren't you glad?' "'I am just as glad as I can possibly be. "'I know you are, but Elsie, I want to say something. "'You needn't think that because Anne has changed "'that it will make any difference about us.' "'About you and me, I mean. "'Anne is perfectly fascinating, "'but I don't know about her being very steady. "'At least I don't believe she is as steady as you.' "'Thank you,' said Elsie in her dry, humorous way. "'Anne is not as steady as I am, "'and I am not as fascinating as Anne. "'Well, I never supposed I was, "'but there goes the supper bell.' So it is. We must hurry. How far down the alphabet did you get while we were away? Oh, we haven't been alphabetical at all. We have talked about everything that happened to come into our heads. And very soon they were all in their old places at the long table, and the cocoa was being poured and the cold meat handed around quite as if there had never been any vacation and while miss wickersham frostily dignified once more spoke in her most learned manner about the subject of tarantulas and passed from that to the introduction of tomatoes into the country the girls all realized that school had begun again and that wiki had reached the teas bertha macy had not yet arrived Miss Wickersham the next morning received a letter from her sister, saying that Bertha had a bad cold, and the doctor would not allow her to leave home for a few days. He thought, however, that she would be able to take the journey and bear the change to a colder climate by the end of the week. Anne also received a letter, which was from Bertha herself. This was what she wrote. Dear, dearest Anne, thought Anne to herself. I suppose I should never be her dear, dearest again. She was awfully mad when she left our house the other night. I am too tried for anything that I can't go back to Kingsbridge with the rest of you. Just fancy the pokiness of coming up alone on Saturday. I have the most fearful cold. I caught it the rainy night I was out the night of your party i had the carriage window open coming home and i had been so warm i should think she might have been warm making such an awful mischief interpolated Anne. what a perfect party that was i have lots more to tell you about a certain person you know who that mr murray was so queer i couldn't say any more then but I hadn't told you half of what Julia wrote me. But please don't say anything to Julia about it until I get there. As if I would, said Anne aloud. That is the reason I am so provoked. I couldn't have gone back with you. I didn't want to sit with you and tell you the whole thing in the train. Did you? Well, it takes two to sit together, and you would have been Mademoiselle Trio,' thought Anne. "'Dear Anne, I am perfectly devoted to you. "'I just long to see you and tell you all this dreadful story. "'I am so glad you are such a good friend of mine. "'I would rather be friends with you than with any other girl in school.' "'Would you?' thought Anne." looking at these words which were underlined three times. "Goodbye now, with fondest love from your very devoted friend, Bertha. As she looked, a sudden thought came to Anne. She examined the writing more carefully. She read the whole letter again. Then she ran upstairs like a whirlwind. So Ruth called after her, whom she had almost knocked down in her haste and dashing into her room, she eagerly seized the box where she kept her letters and unlocked it. Looking hastily through them, she selected two, which she opened. They were the anonymous letters which had been the cause of all her indignation against Sydney. She spread them out on the table, one on either side of the letter which she had just received from Bertha. "'The T's are exactly alike.' she murmured half aloud, and so are the S's. The S in C is just like the S in her Saturday, and the I's are something alike, and here is the same word in Bertha's own letter that is in the second anonymous one, person. Indeed it is in all three of the letters, and I do declare it is written very much the same in all, what a goose she was not to disguise her hand better, for I am perfectly sure now that Bertha wrote these letters and not Sydney. Poor old Sid, how I have been treating her all this time! I shall make up for it as much as I possibly can. I am glad of one thing, and that is I was nice to her before I found this out. I felt so dreadfully about their fearful trouble and the hateful story Bertha and Julia had made out of it that I just didn't care whether Sydney wrote these anonymous letters or not, but I am mighty glad, all the same, that she didn't. With her usual rapidity of decision, Anne had already determined absolutely that Bertha was the author of the letters and nothing could change her. She was as sure as of this aspect of the case as she had formerly been of the other. She summoned Ruth and Dolly for a council of war at the first opportunity. They studied the three letters and agreed with Anne that there was a similarity in portions of the writing, but not in all. "'You had better not be too sure that Bertha did it, Anne. "'At least not yet,' urged the cautious Ruth and don't be too hard on bertha added kind-hearted dolly she really believed julia's story and of course she never supposed murray stewart was a brother you see she calls him mr murray in the letter oh dolly you do provoke me cried Anne. you are always standing up for somebody no matter who it is "'How can you make any excuses for Bertha Macy? "'Don't I know she did it?' "'Dolly was silent. "'Ruth Carter was not. "'She was a little older than Anne, "'and although she was very fond of her, "'she was not in the least awed by her imperious nature, "'as perhaps Dolly was occasionally. "'That is just the way you talked about Sydney. Anne,' said she. "'and you may remember that Dolly and I begged you to wait "'and not be so sure that she wrote them.' "'Yes,' said Anne, with unexpected meekness. "'I know you did. "'Yes, I know I felt sure. "'Somehow I always feel sure of a thing. "'It is very inconvenient, "'for it is always getting me into scrapes. "'If I hadn't been so sure it was Sydney, There wouldn't have been any fuss in school, at all, probably, and that poor dear wouldn't have had to go through, having everybody turn against her, almost everybody. Elsie Brent stuck to her, and you two have always been nice to her, but I have been the worst of all, just horrid, perfectly, hatefully horrid. What can I do to make up for it? "'I will go find her now.' "'She started to her feet, but Ruth and Dolly both held her back. "'Don't do anything more until you are sure,' said Ruth. "'Even now you know there may be a mistake about Bertha having written them. "'It may have been Julia Clark or someone else. "'But there is her letter. "'I am sure I wasn't thinking of the anonymous letters when I read hers this morning.' nothing was farther from my thoughts than that she had written them and while i was looking at the idiotic stuff about her being so fond of me oh such stuff in a letter makes me just mad it's so silly it occurred to me that i had never had a letter from bertha before and i wondered why she had written this when she went home from our house the other night in a rather huffy state. You know we all noticed her manner and thought we had probably shown her, in spite of trying not to, that we didn't like her having told that tale. Well, I was reading over the letter, as I said, when suddenly it came to me that those T's and S's were like somebody else's, and I had a letter. I had looked at a good deal that had just such T's and S's, and what letter could it be? And then, like a flash, it came over me, and I rushed up and got out the others, and the whole thing was as clear as daylight, right straight away. Well, as long as you won't let me tell Sydney yet, you must advise me what to do to straighten matters out. I have been the most to blame in the whole thing. As soon as Bertha gets here, I am going to tell her that Murray Stewart is Sidney's brother and the awful thing she did in speaking in that way before strangers. I intended telling her coming up in the train, though I shouldn't have sat with her all the way, as she suggests. Not much. Oh, how I hate and despise such underhand dealings as these letters we shall have to turn her out of the kqc that's one thing certain i don't think any of us have been altogether perfect about the kqc said ruth why what do you mean well we didn't kq about sydney before the holidays i think we did that is just what we did do too much. Perhaps if we had said more instead of just acting as we did, we might have gotten at the truth sooner. End of chapter 15 Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C.